At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. A Wednesday show for you. Uh, Jason Weingarten, the Wide World of Weingarten podcast, professional baseball better, will be on. We'll talk all things Mets, Yankees, division futures, awards futures. A lot to get into with Jason. Looking forward to that. Uh, we're recording this, like I said, on Wednesday afternoon. Yankees are leading the Blue Jays 3-1, to one, so we won't touch on that game too much. I mean, what's there to say? We can't, uh, can't go back and bet a game that already happened. So by the time you listen to this, Yankees hopefully will have won this game and just continue to distance themselves from the Blue Jays. Incredible win last night. You know, down three runs, Stanton hits. Look, you can call some Yankee Stadium home runs cheap ones, and some of them are, some of them aren't. Last night was definitely a cheap one, but look, they're all playing in the same ballpark, as they say, and... Stanton ties it up. Blue Jays come back, take the lead. Green, I don't trust anymore. Yankees bullpen's been outstanding. I never trust Chad Green anymore. I think he needs to have a less uh, important role or reduced role, however you want to put it. That's one guy I, I just never trust. You know, Holmes has been outstanding. Loisga's good. Chapman, who knows? But, I mean, Green's one guy that uh, – I mean, look, they counted on him four or five years ago, and he was outstanding out of the bullpen. Remember that wild card game against Minnesota where Severino got bombed? Green came in, saved the day. He was awesome. That 2017-18, he's really kind of falling off here. Don't trust Green, but look, Judge just hits an incredible homer. Bad job by the Toronto closer. Walking Trevino and walking LeMahieu. You've got a two-run lead. Let Trevino hit the ball to the moon. I know it's not that easy. Easier said than done, but that was a terrible job. Walking Trevino, who can't hit his way out of a paper bag, and, and then you walk LeMahieu. I mean, let LeMahieu hit a double or whatever. LeMahieu's usually not going to beat you with a homer and tie the game. 
And look, it's, it's a situation where Judge, if you watch the Yankees every day, you just don't really expect that out of Judge. But part of you is like, he, look, he never kind of comes through in these spots, never had a walk-off homer. I only think he has walk, one walk-off hit. He might have gotten that one. Oh, was it last year against Tampa, the final game? Was he the one that got the hit up the middle where it deflected off the pitcher? It might have been. But, you know, walk-off situations, clutch situations, not been his strength. Uh, on one hand, he felt like he wasn't going to come through. On the other hand, he felt like, man, maybe he's due. And uh, boy, was he due. He crushed that ball. Just a monster home run. And his contract, his price uh, continues to go up, up in a way. Because the year the Yankees, you know, I know he doesn't want to negotiate during the year. You're going to have to get this guy signed. You can't let him go across town and play for the Mets or play for the Dodgers. So Yankees are playing well. They are now a minus 118 favorite to win the division. I mean, they were plus 125 a couple of days ago. Remember, they got plus 275. There were some fat numbers on the Yankees. They are now a favorite. And they got a chance here. A lot of games against the Orioles, a lot of games against the White Sox. I know the Orioles have played a little better. The pitching is a little better. The White Sox are a pretty good team. But you got a chance here in the next 14 games against those two teams, which is a weird scheduling quirk. Uh, if you can go 10-4, and four, you're, you'll, hopefully you, know, you, you finish this game off against the Blue Jays. You, Go 10 and 4 or something against the Orioles and the White Sox. You got a chance here. The Blue Jays have not played well. Uh, a minus 10 differential coming into Wednesday. So they've been outscored by their opponents. This is a team that a lot of people had in the World Series. They have not played well at all. Yanks got a chance here. Get a 7 8 game lead and, like the Mets, just kind of run and hide with the division. So uh, Yankees in action now. They are uh, in Chicago tomorrow. As these teams, again, with the rainouts, the postponed start of the season, you're going to get these teams playing every day, which is a lot of fun. You get a lot of baseball. So Yankees in action now. Mets going tonight. McGill against Sanchez. Mets dollar eighty five favorite at Bet Rivers. Uh, total seven and a half. Um, I look, the Mets continue to win games. Fall behind last night. Corbin actually pitched pretty well for five innings. Mets got the bats going late. Um, look, at another good win for the Mets. They just continue to pile on win after win. The Braves lose to the Red Sox. So it's early to scoreboard watch, but it's really not. And you got a seven-game lead now if you're the Mets. Seven games is not nothing. Mets are now minus 200 at Bet Rivers to win the division. I've been telling you when they were minus 110, plus 150, plus 200. Bet the Mets, bet the Mets, bet the Mets. Uh, Mets have a chance here to really kind of put this thing away. Uh, as you head into Memorial Day, you know, once you head into the summer, you're going to add a bat. You're going to add a couple players. I would figure they add a bullpen guy. Cohen's going to be very aggressive, as we know, improving this team. So uh, Mets tonight, how, how can we play this? We can play McGill over six strikeouts. I kind of like that. You can parlay Mets money line with the Celtics money line. Celtics minus five and a half at Bet Rivers, total 214 in the NBA tonight. If you parlay Celtics money line, and I think the Celtics are going to win that game tonight. I'm not crazy about laying the five and a half. The five and a half looks a little too high, so I'm tempted to take the Bucks. But I do think the Celtics win tonight. I think the Mets win tonight. You can parlay the sets, the Celtics and the Mets, plus 120 on the money line when you parlay, parlay those two together. So that would be the way I play it. I expect the Mets to keep rolling, to probably win these next two games against Washington and just continue to distance themselves from Atlanta. Now you're going to have a lot of games against Atlanta. You still got to play them 15 times. You're going to have a stretch here where you lose three out of four. You lose two or three in a row. You're going to have that, which the Mets really haven't had yet. They've done a good job of, you know, they haven't had huge winning streaks, but they haven't lost more than two in a row. They, they've avoided that, you know, three or four game losing streak where, you know, you come back to the pack in the division. I'm sure they'll have it at some point, but the pitching's been good. It's just, it's a good, well-rounded team. And look, DeGrom's coming back at some point. So all good things for the Mets, all good things for the Yankees. Can't say the same about the Rangers as they look to stay alive tonight. Down three games to one. They've given up a million goals. Look, I don't know enough about hockey to break it down, but from everyone I listen to, everyone I read, that uh, the the defense more than the goalie has been the issue. The defensemen have just played, you know, Matador defense, and it's been goal after goal after goal as the Penguins have scored 14 times in two games against the Vesna winner here in Shashevskin. Uh Look, it's 
can, uh, actually give the line here. This is what I should do if I were a proper host. Rangers minus 135. Penguins plus 120 at Bet Rivers. Boy, okay. again, it's not my cup of tea, not my expertise, but I would go with the Penguins here. Penguins have looked like the better team. Rangers look shook. Rangers look just kind of broken here. So if you get the Penguins at plus money and finish this thing out in five, that's kind of where I would go. At best, this to me looks like a, a coin flip game for the Rangers. I don't know enough about hockey. Can you iron these issues out? overnight you know you give up seven goals saturday you give up seven goals on monday night can you wake up here and just you know have a, a pristine clean performance here where you win the game two to one and you play really well uh, you know it's not impossible sometimes hockey game to game isn't really reflective you know of the previous game these games aren't always correlated but uh getting plus money on pittsburgh tonight probably be the way i would play it here but I'll root for the Rangers. So I'll root for the Rangers. Hopefully, look, if, if, things can change quickly. We know that about these short series. If you're down three games to one, it seems over. It feels over. Uh, all it takes is one game. Hey, now it's 3-2. We're back in Pittsburgh, and all the pressure's on the Penguins to close it out in six because if you don't close it out in six, hey, you got game seven back in, in the garden uh, with the uh, with game seven, with the Rangers having home ice. So the Rangers host tonight, and they would host a game seven. Game six would be in Pittsburgh. So not going to be a big play, but I would lean towards Pittsburgh closing out. I think getting them at plus money is a pretty good deal. Uh, in terms of the hockey tonight as we root for the Rangers to keep their season alive. Get some excitement out of this series. You know, it's funny. They were up one nothing uh, the other night. They really had every opportunity to win game one. They won game two. It feels like they, they deserve better than to be down 3-1, but they just seem, like I said, broken uh, in this series. So that's the baseball. That's the hockey. Coming up next, Jason Weingarten of the Wide World of Weingarten. Get into some baseball futures. The Mets, the Yankees. NL MVP, AL MVP, Cy Youngs, you name it. We're going to get into all of it. He's got some really interesting thoughts on a bunch of long shots. That is next. This is New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three leg same game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21 or older. Available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, BetRiver Sportsbook. Yankees in first place. Mets in first place. Both New York teams are flying. Let's talk a little baseball. And to do that... It's everybody's favorite guest. There is nobody better. He's the host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. He is Jason Weingarten. Jason, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on. What's going on? Nice to be here. Uh, all right. So we're, I don't know, a month or so in. We talked to you, I think, once a few weeks ago. But uh, how's the season been treating you? Any general just sort of overviews in terms of the baseball season now that we're, you know, four or five weeks in now? You know, I was, I was telling Gil this morning on his show I am extremely biased when it comes to all sports, not just baseball, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, anything you got. I prefer low scoring. I like defense. I like it when people don't score, when people miss shots. You know, that's my my thing is, you know, I'm very biased towards unders. I play a lot more unders than I play overs. Um, that all said... I think we can all agree that baseball could use a little more scoring this year, a little better run scoring environment. Uh, especially last night, I was watching that Padres game late. I don't know if you saw uh, Frank Schwindel on the Cubs hit that uh, should have been a grand slam, went right towards the wall and just died. Should have been a game-winning grand slam. 
Instead, it was uh, the final out of the game, and I've been on both sides of those those bets many times. So you know, I, I don't complain about single outcomes, but it just it's it seems disappointing, especially for, for some of these hitters when they're you know getting hundred mile, hundred two mile an hour exit velocities, and they're all just fly ball outs. It's you know, <clears throat> I think it would be a little more exciting for everybody if they scored some more runs, but. Yeah, I think that's an issue, and uh, not to go old guy here, but I think I tweeted this out last night. It was 5-3 in the Yankees-Blue Jays game heading into the ninth inning, and we were going on like four hours of the game, and it had to be three hours, 45 minutes for a game. And now it was an exciting hit. Sorry, an exciting ending. Um, you know, Judge hits a three-run homer, a bomb of a homer, down two runs. But look, I mean, these games, when you're sitting on a four-hour game that's 5-3 to three at baseball, I, I think it's a major problem for the sport. Yeah, that stuff kills me. And I mean... In years past, I used to be a little more, uh, you know, I I had more time to 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 deal with four-hour games. But now, if a game goes over three hours, three and a half hours, I'm usually checked out at that point. You know, unless it's a serious serious bet and I have something major writing on it. By then, I just don't care. Like it's it's been so long. Um, yeah, baseball's gonna have to figure something out and I was talking to Gil about that too this morning the uh, the pitch clock in the future the uh, pitch clock at the MLB level is going to speed things up a little bit but yeah it's just people's attention spans are the lowest they've ever been you can't have four hour games anymore I don't have four hours for a baseball game yeah how's uh, how's the season treating you in general has it, has it been successful so far are you playing a lot of sides totals uh, one thing I've started to bet a little more and done pretty well I don't know if it's small sample size or whatever is Pitcher props, I don't know if you play any of those. How's your season gone so far? You know, the uh, sides and totals have been pretty good. Had, uh, you know, had have a, have a couple bad days every now and then. But overall, uh, you know, things things going in the right direction there. Props have uh, have been a little, little hit or miss for me just because of the way I do it. Um, you know, if you get a lot of no scores, sometimes you're going to go on a bad run. But, you know, I know just the numbers over time. You know, even if I have a bad day or a bad week, I know that the numbers I'm playing are going to, you know, generate money in the long term as long as I can stay solvent, which I've done a decent job of. Uh, and then the futures, obviously, you know, Otani is the front runner currently for MVP. Machado is the front runner for NL. Uh, Julio Rodriguez doing doing well in the AL Rookie of the Year pool. So I got some nice tickets going on all sorts of different directions. Uh, yeah, no complaints on baseball season. Other than, truthfully, some days I, I feel like there's too many games. Like I look at the schedule and yeah, I see with the saw some 18 game schedules last week. You know, this weekend, and I was just like, you know, that's too much baseball. Truthfully, yeah, especially with the double headers and, and there's been a lot of rainouts. I don't know if you're aware, but the weather on the East Coast here has been terrible. A lot of rainy days, a lot of cold weather. So I don't know how that's affecting things, but you're getting a lot of rainouts and. Like you said, you're getting game, days where you have 18, 19 games. You don't know who's going to be playing, who's going to be pitching what game. It uh, uh, makes it a little trickier. Before we get to some awards markets, I guess we can go over the divisions too, see if there's anything you like. Just some general overviews in terms of the local teams. Yankees, uh, they're actually playing right now, but look, they're in first place. Big win last night. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon. Bullpen's been really good. Defense has been a lot better. Bats still go hot and cold. Pitching's been pretty good in general. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Yankees? Can they sustain this? It's been a soft schedule. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Yankees? I think uh, I think you got a potential division-winning team here. Uh, it's going to be them in Toronto 
competing for the division most likely. I think Tampa's taken a step back. This is not uh, as good of a team, not as deep of a pitching uh, rotation and uh, bullpen depth as they've had in the past. Uh, I think I think the Yankees are trending towards a division title, potentially. I don't see a lot out of the Blue Jays pitching staff to make me think that they're going to be a threat to the Yankees down the stretch. Yeah, I think you mentioned it before the season. You always got to be careful this trendy team, and the Blue Jays were that hype team. And uh, the record's okay, but even the run differential, which, look, it's early, but it's not that early now. They're minus 10 in terms of runs, uh, runs scored versus runs allowed. So, uh, you know, how concerned would you be about the Blue Jays and – um, you know, is this team, did we, did everyone just kind of overrate them? You think I'm not concerned very much about any team over the first 30 games or so. I am concerned. We have this conversation, you know, on June 1st and the, the, the stats are still similar. Then I would start, you know, saying, well, did we miss something? Did we overrate something? And, I mean, I do think just from a betting standpoint on player props, Vlad always gets overrated on futures. He's he's always dejuiced. Um, but I think it just really just comes down to the pitching rotation. They invested a lot of money in Kikuchi, in Ryu, and they're not performing at that level. Jose Barrios isn't performing at the level that I think we'd expect him to. Uh, uh, Nate Pearson hasn't been called up yet or he's been hurt you know they they have a lot of money invested in these pitchers and they're not you know pulling their weight necessarily uh, how about the Mets okay, it's been boy even without DeGrom it's been really good uh, you know to, M- McGill's been outstanding he goes tonight Carrasco's bounced back Scherzer hasn't been great but he's still been really good uh, boy, the, the number just keeps getting wider and wider on the Mets to win the division up to minus 175, up to minus 200 hours, uh, or up to minus $2 in some spots. So uh, you, you feel the same way about the Mets? Now, look, it's early, like you said, but already seven-game lead on Atlanta. They got a chance, I think, to run and hide in this division. Now, I know they had a big big lead last year, even later than this, and they collapsed. Atlanta went by them like they were standing still. I get all that, but feels to me like the Mets have a chance to run and hide this in this division. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I was actually looking at that this morning. The uh, the gap between them and the Braves already is like seven games. It's already 11 between them and the Nationals. Nationals in last place, obviously. Uh, you look at a team like the Phillies, another team with, with some pitching depth issues year over year. You look at the Braves, there's nothing necessarily wrong with the Braves. Their, their offense is striking out a little too much, but they're the defending World Series champs. But they're already seven games back, and it's just... I know seven games isn't a ton, but but I, I started thinking in my head, how are they going to close this gap if, if the Mets don't go into the traditional Mets meltdown sort of mode in the second half of the season? This gap's not going to get any shorter. And, and the Mets organization, I think we're going to start to see more stories, more sort of feature stuff written on the, the turnaround and the Steve Cohen purchase and what they've done to, to really turn this team into a winning organization so quickly. One thing I would point out is that their analytics department now is over 40 people. It's like 42 or something. That's an incredible amount of, you know, talent to, to, to bring to any organization. And there's no salary cap. So you could, you could put $10, $15 million into your analytics department where that might get you a year of a, a fourth MLB starter. Or you can go out and spend $15 million 
and acquire an entire analytics department, pay them all, you know, whatever they need to be paid and know you have the best data scientists, the best quants, the best everything you could possibly have in baseball. And obviously Steve Cohen has his own firm, 0.72 or whatever. Uh, so he brought he brought his he brought his own guys over from from his own you know finance firm to to play around with baseball. So the brain power the Mets are paying with playing with behind the scenes, uh, with no salary cap, mind you, no luxury tax, is paying incredible dividends already. And you've seen this team, you know, winning the division, or you know even making the playoffs is is the the goal. This team is built for playoff baseball. We've talked about it before with the rotation, a healthy DeGrom. Uh, there's there's a lot to like about what's going on in the Mets this year. They've uh, they, they've become a real threat to to the Dodgers' dominance. Uh, they, I would say they're probably the number one team in the NL that's standing in the in the way of the Dodgers getting back to a World Series. But uh, yeah, just look at everything the Mets are doing. If you have a, a Will Hill or a Caesars account, Will Hill, the sports book, not Will Hill, the the host I'm talking to, uh, they do the adjusted season win totals in season. I think the Mets are like 90, in the mid 90s, 96 or something. This is yeah. this is a 100 plus win team to me, especially if we get a healthy DeGrom making 15, 16 starts. That's that's a lot to uh, look forward to. And if, if you're a Mets fan, you know, you got to be pretty happy about where this team is going at the moment. You you finally got something excited to, you know, to, to look at. Yeah, a few things about that. First of all, a, a Dodgers-Mets NLCS would just be unbelievable. New York versus L.A., the pitching, the uniform. I mean, everything about that would be great. I would love to see that. Um, and everything you said, I've been saying really since Thanksgiving Day weekend when they signed Scherzer, they signed Canna, they signed Escobar, they signed Marte, all in one fell swoop. We're like, whoa, this is a... This is a different vibe to this Mets team. And uh, I think cutting Cano is really significant, too. A lot of teams, you know, Mets in the past, a lot of these other teams would say, you know what, we owe Cano all this money. We're just going to stick him in the lineup, even though he doesn't give us the best chance to win. Mets said, you know what, we owe him this money. We're going to we'll pay him. We'll send him on his way. And we're going to do whatever we can to win games. It's not about the money. So I think that was significant, too. Yeah, Steve Cohen's a guy who definitely understands the concept of sunk cost. You know, it doesn't matter what, what you agreed to pay him or what contract was signed, it's not, not producing any value anymore. You gotta, gotta get them out of there. And I've definitely been a proponent of that in the past with, with teams and, you know, guys like that. Um, although sometimes it does backfire. I was very adamant that the Padres should pay and cut Eric Hosmer at the end of spring training. And he's rebounded to practically being the NL batting champ through, uh, the first five, six weeks of the season. So sometimes you get it wrong. Sometimes I get it wrong. Uh, in this case, Robinson Cano, the writing's been on the wall since his last suspension. And uh, I think this was long overdue. And I wish more teams would <clears throat> be proactive with this. I wish more teams wouldn't give out bad contracts to begin with. But, you know, you can't blame a player for signing a contract that's put in front of him like that. All right, we'll get to awards here in a second. Let's just go through the divisions. Let me know if there's anything. Let's just pretend you don't have anything in pocket. If, if you would play anything at these numbers or anything similar to these numbers, just kind of go division by division. I mentioned the Mets minus 200 to win. You got Braves plus 255. Phillies 9 to 1. Marlins 18 to 1. Nationals, uh, you can forget 300 to 1. These are at Bet Rivers. 
anything pique your interest in terms of that? The Mets at minus two hundred is that even is that still playable in your mind? I like the three hundred to one on the Nats because it's three hundred to one. But I uh, I don't think I don't think they're gonna make a run. I've I've watched a couple Nats games and this is this is a team going nowhere fast. Yeah, even Soto hasn't hasn't done too. Well. I don't know if it's because he's pressing, if he's you know out of his. Uh, sort of comfort zone, you know, they can pitch around him. He, he feels he has to do too much, but I'm sure he'll turn it around and do fine. But he, even he hasn't been great. Uh, I'm with you there. Um, let's just see. Uh, AL West, Angel, uh, Astros minus 186, Angels plus 215, Mariners 7 to 1, Rangers 70 to 1, A's not even trying at 150 to 1, although they've played a little better than people might have expected. Uh, the Angels is one team I wanted to ask you about. Are they legit? Because I think they'd be great for baseball to have Otani in the playoffs, have Trout in the playoffs. I mean, Trout, for all his greatness, he's been in the league a decade. I think he's had 14 playoff at-bats. 2014, they got swept by the Royals, and that's it. You know, they've been irrelevant since. You think the Angels are for real? Any of these prices catch your eye? Yeah, I think the Angels are pretty pretty real. I've always said that, you know, when you have Otani and Trout in the same lineup, you're always going to have a chance to... Uh do things it's just a question of putting a pitching staff around them and obviously Otani is you know making leaps this year year over year as a pitcher they got pretty good Detmers who just did did a you know no hitter with two strikeouts was pretty impressive they got uh Syndergaard anchoring the rotation they they're doing you know they're being proactive and trying to build a roster around their their stars, potentially the, the number one and number two player in baseball even. So I really think, yes, they're for real. And I noticed before the season there was a big difference of opinion on the a, uh, sorry on the Angels at a bunch of different sports books. Like the Westgate had had them like eight to one to win the pennant. Other books had them like thirteen to one. And I talked about it with some some different sports book directors in Vegas when I was there. I'm saying, what's what's your deal with the Angels? You know, why are you pricing them 13 versus eight? And I, I agree with the lower number. <clears throat> this is uh, a, a team that is very, very much a threat if they can get a uh, a playoff spot. I don't necessarily think they're going to win the division versus the Astros, but a uh, you know playoff berth is looking more likely than not if these guys can stay healthy. Yeah, the problem with them is, look, they always got Pujols and Josh Hamilton. They always spent the money, Rendon, but it was always all offensive players, and they just had no pitching. This year, I th- like you mentioned, I think they got the pitching. I think Detmers is going to be really good. Uh, I actually got some of his rookie rookie of the year, maybe 60-1, to 70-1 a couple uh, a couple weeks ago, and I want to ask you about the rookie of the year in a minute. Uh, and then, again, Syndergaard, look, he's not striking out a million people, but you know he, he's healthy. He's getting a lot of weak contact, a lot of ground balls. We know Otani's outstanding. So, look, you got three pretty good pitchers, and then you got Sandoval, who's not bad. So uh, I think the pitching's a lot better, and that wouldn't be a fun team to play in the playoffs. Um, AL Central, it's funny. Boy, the White Sox, really, a, a lot has gone wrong. They are still uh, minus 134 at Bet Rivers. The Twins have played great. Once when Buxton plays, they're really good. I don't know if they have enough pitching. So uh, White Sox minus one thirty-four, Twins plus one sixty, Guardians are ten to one, Tigers are twenty-two to one. They've played terribly. As have the Royals. They are thirty-five to one. Uh, is this a time to jump in on the White Sox and uh, you, you buy the Twins? Do you think they're for real? This is a White Sox versus Twins race for the rest of the season. You can make arguments as to why one of these teams is much better than the other. I would probably back the Twins at this moment at their prices. Uh, but it's more of a price thing than a preference on one team over the other. Um, really, mostly always comes down to price for me. But I I see a lot of good things the Twins are doing, and it's going to really 
uh, it's going to hinge on Byron Buxton's health. And I've, I've talked with a bunch of people about this because he was, he was a very popular MVP pick before the season. And I think the stats are something like 41 home runs for Byron Buxton in his last 110 games. It's just the problem is those 110 games are over three seasons or whatever. So, uh, keeping Buxton healthy and in the lineup, whether that means having him sit once a week, you know, and getting maintenance days more often than normal. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, baseball, it's better for baseball when Buxton is playing and he's healthy and <clears throat> he's probably the best player on either one of those two teams, Twins or the White Sox, when he's in the lineup. So give me uh, give me the Twins at that number. Uh, Yankees, let's go to the AL East. Um, Yankees minus 118, Blue Jays plus 155, Rays plus 550. That's actually pretty interesting on the Rays plus 550. Uh, and then the Red Sox, who have just played terribly, 28 to 1. Uh, anything catch your eye there? Rays were up to like 7, 8 to 1 this weekend. I think if you're looking yeah. to bet the Rays, probably give it a couple more days, another week, maybe two weeks, you'll probably even get a better number. There's no, no rush to get in on the Rays at this moment for me. I don't think I would lay the, the Yankees at 118. I don't I don't really like to lay prices like that this this early in the season on a division. So it'd probably just all be a pass for me. But you're uh, you know similar to the the White Sox twins race, it's in my mind it's a Yankees Blue Jays race for the entire season. Yeah, and similar to the Mets, Yankees have a chance here, and I think what four and f- four or five up on the Blue Jays in the loss column. Similar with the Rays, where they got a chance to pl- uh, to pull away because their next fourteen games after this, I think, are all Orioles and White Sox. So let's just say you play okay against the White Sox and you beat up on the Orioles, who are a little better. But you know, you go ten and four, or eleven and five, whatever it is in, in that stretch, you got a chance here to kind of pull away. And look, if you get a seven eight game lead with that talent, you're going to add somebody probably at the deadline. You got a chance here to uh, to give yourself a nice cushion if you're the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be nice if, if they can take advantage of a soft schedule, but uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily put the Orioles as a soft schedule opponent. Yeah, they're better. They're a lot better, and they're they're getting better in in ways. You know, I've I've followed the Orioles closely for the last couple seasons because they've been so bad that they have to be doing things, and they have been doing things at the lower levels of the minors. You know, uh, talent has to develop. It takes time. You you, you know, you can go out and buy players and trade and get guys in free agency, but that's not the way the Orioles are rebuilding this organization. They're literally rebuilding everything from the ground up. So I've been watching it for a while and we're slowly, slowly starting to see the first waves of the talent they've developed, make it to the, uh, to the majors and the, the changes they've made in their pitching philosophy have uh, already, you know, you know, shown some major, major dividends. They're uh, they're top and all you know they're near the top and uh, most of the the different metrics for for pitching quality and stuff at the major league level now. So they're doing a lot with a lot of uh, no name sort of players and uh, Grayson Rodriguez is going to be up pretty soon. I'm excited to see him pitch, but I wouldn't necessarily put the Orioles as a soft schedule opponent at the moment. They're they're actually getting better as. Uh, as the season goes on. Uh, but yeah, the, the Yankees, they, they would absolutely benefit from getting an early cushion as opposed to leaving themselves in a position where they're going to have to compete down the stretch. They should also probably 
get uh, Aaron Judge signed before his price continues to go up because it goes up every week. Yeah, every night. I mean, they should have done that. That, that extension should have been a, done a long time ago. Now, I know he's a little older. He's been hurt uh, in previous years, so maybe that's why they were hesitant. And, uh, he, you know, he wants a lot of money, but look, he, he's worth a lot of money. And you do not want to get into a bidding war with Aaron Judge with the Mets out there. You mentioned Cohen with the Dodgers. You just you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're, uh, you know, you're in an auction style deal with, with Aaron Judge here because somebody's going to give him a lot of money. Not only is he a great player, he kind of underrated in terms of defense. You know, runs the bases. He's more of a complete player than I think a lot of people think. It's even with all, you know all the low strike calls he gets against them. He's a draw. You know, he's a name. He's got a cool name. He's huge. He gets 500 foot homers. He's a Yankee. Somebody's going to want to see. So you know what? I want that guy in my lineup every day. That guy's going to sell jerseys. He's going to sell tickets. Give me Aaron Judge. A lot of guys bet on themselves, and it's not a great bet. But so far, Judge's decision to bet on himself and not take an extension before the season has proven you know he's he's made himself a lot of money already yeah and i don't know if you remember right before opening day they played the red sox and like 15 minutes before the game cashman held a press conference basically uh leaking what the offer was how much we offered him this is what judge wanted basically trying to make a judge seem greedy which is a, a weird tactic to take should have just done the deal at whatever he wanted because now i guarantee you he's gonna ask for 50 million dollars more yeah at least no doubt about it. And he'll get it, around. too. He'll get the yeah, way he's he playing. He'll get it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, Brewers minus 335. This is the NL Central. Brewers minus 335. This might be the biggest favorite. I haven't looked at the other ones. Uh, Cardinals plus 230. Cubs 40 to 1. The Pirates, if you're feeling frisky, 150 to 1. The Reds at the lofty number of 750 to 1. I saw Vegas took like a $1,000 bet. Somebody took them at 750 to 1. Uh, anybody other than the Brewers can make a run here. If you gave me the Reds at, you know, oh, come on. 1,000 to 1, 1,200 to 1 or something, I might throw 100 bucks on it. Uh, but other than that, I don't see the Pirates or the Cubs really doing anything. Obviously, the Cardinals would be the the big yeah. threat there. That's that's a huge uh, – it's too much of a, a, a favorite price for the Brewers this early in the season. I think – I think that price really sort of discounts the fact that the Cardinals can win the division. Uh, you could easily see a situation where the Cardinals win the division and the Brewers are a wild card team. I would not lay, you know, north of three dollars with the Brewers at all. And then, yeah, you know, they're yeah. they're losing four nothing to uh, to the Reds right now. What's the Dodger score, by the way? I'm sure uh, zero zero and end of second. You tweeted about. Pe uh, Pepio, I think is how you pronounce oh, that's it. How it's you, Pepio. You... I, I was saying Pepwa. Pe pe yeah, I have no idea. Is it Pepio? I watched the highlights just to see, just to hear, and they said it's Pepio. So uh, you mentioned that he had a good changeup. My goodness, that, that is a good changeup. It almost looks like a left-handed pitcher slider. I mean, that thing goes so far down, so far away. He's gonna he's gonna be good. The Dodgers, one of these teams, it just seems like they just pull guys out of no. I mean, player after player, it just it, it never ends with them. Yeah, Dodgers GM said recently that. Uh, you know, if you look at the last five years of the Dodgers, they won a World Series. They, they went to, was it three World Series in five years with one win? And uh, over the last five years or so, they put together one of the best stretches of baseball just from a win-loss perspective of all time. And he thinks that the next five years are potentially even better. And I believe him because I know who the best players in their system are at the top levels. 
and they have a lot of talent coming through to supplement what they already have and going out and getting a, a Freddie Freeman and a Trey Turner and a Mookie Betts obviously helps when you have such a deep, deep system uh, to, to continue to develop. But <clears throat> what we're, what we're seeing with the Dodgers and we're seeing with some of the better, uh, better franchises now, obviously like the, the Rays come to mind when you think about this, but the depth of the pitching in their systems now is so much deeper than it's ever been at any other time in baseball. <clears throat> you know, we're, we're talking about just just loaded AAA teams and AA teams full of guys who will and can actually contribute at the major league level in the future, whereas in the past you might have had a couple guys and a lot of filler we're now seeing these organizations really, really take it to the next level with player development. And it's it's not so much just identifying the players anymore. Oh, this guy's good. This guy's good. It's, you know, building developmental plans and getting the most out of these players. And organizations like the Dodgers and the Rays are just doing such a, such a good job getting more out of their players so they can spend, you know, where, where they need to spend. More so the Dodgers to... Uh, to acquire, you know, a Freddie Freeman or a Trey Turner and just reload every time. <clears throat> They're just constantly reloading. Yeah, I mean, they are just, like you said, loaded. I, you could probably use one more pitcher, you know. Uh, Kershaw's they, still they good. They have more. That's the thing. They have more pitchers in the minors. They got another. Yeah. They got Bobby Miller's not up yet. He throws 101. He's He could even be better than Pepio. Right. Like, they just, yeah. they, they have so many bullets in this in this gun. Yeah, uh, I think they miss, you know, they not not getting anything out of Bauer, not resigning Scherzer, but like you said, they have so many reinforcements, it, it might not even matter. Uh, let's go to the Dodgers. Minus 250 in the division. Um, I can't see anybody else winning this division. I know the Giants won it last year. Padres plus 375, Giants plus 525, Rockies 80 to 1, who I'm sure that'll catch your eye a little bit. Maybe you need a little more. Anything uh, in terms of the NOS other than the Dodgers make sense or no? I bet the Rockies before the season, I think I got them at like 150 or something. Just uh, you know, I always I always think you can put a a team together that can outperform at Coors, and uh, they won 48 games or 41 games or whatever at Coors last year. So really, it comes down to to them being able to win on the road. If they could somehow figure out how to win on the road every once in a while, they would uh, they would turn into a contender. But no, it's, it's obviously the Dodgers division. Most likely, the the challenge would come from. Uh, the Padres, but I can't see the Padres getting very close to Dodgers. Dodgers aren't even playing at, at their you know best form yet, and they're you know tied for near the best record in baseball already. So when this team actually gets going, it's going to be scary. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Let's go to some of these awards, which you're great at, which is why I'm sure a lot of people are listening, although your, your other stuff is also great. And, of course, you can listen to Jason, the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. American League MVP. Look, if, if Otani's going to be one of the best hitters in baseball, one of the pitcher, best pitchers in baseball, it's it's hard to not see him winning. I mean, he's got to stay healthy. That goes with anybody. Uh, anybody at these current prices that you could make a case for, or is it just Otani's award to lose? It's Otani's award to lose. If you could still get like a three and a half to one on him with the current with the current investing environment across stocks and crypto and everything else, inflation being what it is, getting three and a half to one on your money on Otani seems like a no-brainer at this point. You know, it's Otani versus staying healthy, in my mind, for the MVP. And as I've said multiple times, it's it's not a trick question. It's not 
you know, super complex thinking that you have to engage in to, to make the math work here. The, the answer is very straightforward. Uh, we already know that in 2021, Otani won the MVP. He was unanimous. His hitting might not be better than it was last year if you're just judging on a, a home run basis. You know, he's not hitting as many home runs as he is last year. You know, if, if we're just going to extrapolate his current numbers over 25, 30 games, still going to hit 25 home runs, you know. And if that's not enough, he's going to hit 25 home runs while getting close to 200 strikeouts if he pitches a full pitch load this year that he's, you know, he's, he's, he's trending towards doing. Uh, I don't see how you could not give him the MVP again if his numbers come anywhere close to, you know, just being an average hitter and a 200 strikeout pitcher. That's so extraordinary. It's so off the charts. You know, nothing else compares. All that said, his own teammate, Mike Trout, and his 200-plus WRC, uh, WRC plus is definitely making his own case. So <clears throat> I've, I've kicked around some ideas, some thoughts that perhaps Trout could win the MVP and Otani wins the Cy Young and the Angels make the playoffs. But even then, I would still vote for Otani because we've, We've seen Trout win the MVP on losing teams. If if this is finally a Angels playoff team, then you have to ask yourself what the difference is. And the difference is Shohei Otani being a two-way player, which again makes him the MVP for me. So I've I've kicked around other ideas, and I think the market's telling us that the the eligible pool of winners is essentially Otani Trout. Uh, Aaron Judge, Jose Ramirez, Wander Franco, and Byron Buxton. I would throw Franco out because I think he's a year away, his second year. <clears throat> he could win, but I, I don't think he's he's going to really, you know, put up the numbers that he would need to to get on the Trout Judge level. Uh, Jose Ramirez definitely has a chance. His major drawback is it looks like he's going to be on a non-playoff team and not get a lot of attention. So I would really focus on. Buxton, Judge, Trout, and uh, Shohei Otani. I think I think those are your four most likely AL MVP winners at this point. I don't I don't see any any long shots coming from off the pace, as they'd say in horse racing, to to really you know get in this conversation. Uh, you know, if you like Judge, if you're a Yankees fan, I, I've seen some seven to ones, some ten to ones on him. Those aren't you know, crazy at this point, especially with the numbers he's putting up. It really just comes down to any argument you're going to make for Trout or Judge or Byron Buxton. My argument's going to be, yeah, but how many 11 strikeout games has he had? You know, how how many games has the opposing manager said this is the best game they've seen pitched against them in his career? And then he goes out and hits a grand slam in the same week. So, I, I don't know if, if the, 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 the award is most valuable, not best stats. So I, I don't see any way that Otani's not winning this again unless he gets hurt. And even if he gets hurt, it's got to be a significant amount of time, not a two-week injury. Totally with you. Totally agree. Uh, NL MVP, uh, Machado, Soto, Arenado, Acuna has creeped up, Harper, Lindor, Freeman, Betts, Turner. Those are all the shorter shots. Um, I, I guess I'll ask this question. With less offense, it, it would be logical that it's more wide open, that somebody now that's kind of off the radar, or even like a guy that, t like Tatis, I don't know when he's back, 
Uh, with guys just not putting up the stats, does this make this more wide open? Is there anyone kind of off the grid here that you would consider for NL MVP? I bet Tatis at 300 to one before the season in the event that, you know, there was a, again, to borrow a horse racing term, if there was an early pace breakdown and, you know, offense is stagnant, I don't think, uh, I don't think Tatis is going to come back and play enough games to really contend. Other problem being that Manny Machado is currently leading all baseball and war and all the other offensive categories. So, uh, you know, when you're not even the best player on your own team, it's hard to make an MVP case. Manny Machado is currently the NL front runner. I bet him before the season too. So I'm sitting in a pretty good position at the moment in both uh, MVP races. The uh, the guy I would mention that I don't think you had on your list is Mookie Betts. Is he 25 to one on your list? Do you see him yes, at all? Yes, he is. He's yep. 25. He is playing way better than 25 to one. Uh, I don't know where that number came from, but if you look at a couple of the guys around him ahead of him, you know, it just doesn't really even pass the eye test. You're like, how is how is that guy, you know, how's Jazz Chisholm 30 to 1 and Mookie Betts is 25 batting leadoff on the best team in baseball? Um, <clears throat> I bet some Mookie Betts this week just to, to have a good number there. I think we'll see that number drop. I think Acuna has been doing some pretty strong stuff since he got back. He had a couple took him a couple games to sort of reacclimate himself and he's he's top tier player as usual uh Juan Soto he gets lost in the mix because his team around him is not doing anything special but we should not discount how special of a player he is <clears throat> but I would uh I would not mind if Manny Machado wins the MVP this year so I'm uh I'm pretty happy to watch him continue to excel at this point yeah, we can, uh, rookie of the year. I guess I have the same question with the offense more depressed here. I think it opens it up um, to, to more pitchers winning. It opens it up to somebody who's really not even in the big leagues of now, you know, possibly winning. We saw Detmers throw a no hitter last night. Maybe he can get in the mix. A lot of these, you know, top prize rookies haven't hit. Torkelson hasn't hit. Rodriguez has hit better lately, and he's had some bad luck. I think, as you pointed out, with the strike three, uh, the call third strike. So he's, you know, firmly in the mix. Witt's been okay, not great. Uh, Abrams just got sent down. So uh, just take it wherever you want with the NL and AL Rookie of the Year. Is there anyone uh, you have in mind? So the AL, at the moment, the AL is a pretty crowded race. You got the the J-Rod, Witt at the top. Torkelson, you mentioned, his his last two weeks, he's he's like three for 35 with three walks the, the last two weeks. It's, you know... It's it's getting to the point where you're probably gonna at least have to have a conversation about should he be down at AAA? You know, is is he is he giving quality at bats in this lineup in Detroit? But then you look at everybody else in Detroit and what they're doing. You know, across the board, it's not very good. So I would expect Torkelson to stay up. But I I did mention earlier this week on my podcast that if I was booking Torkelson, I would move him up to about nine or ten to one. And wouldn't you know it, one of my 37 listeners is uh, probably somebody from the Westgate, and they actually did move him to 9 or 10 to 1 the next day. So uh, the market does listen to me on occasion. I think uh, I think Torkelson is, is dropping. Adley Rutschman should be up soon, the, the Orioles catcher, the former number one pick. He's drifted out to 20 to 1. I thought about betting him a little bit this week. But the problem with him is he's a catcher and he's already coming up late and it's just, 
it's it's a bad spot at least when you look at the the odds historically for for a guy like that to come up and get enough at bats on a bad team to win so I, I think the number is 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 decent it just with, with my other positions already it didn't sort of fly off the page at me uh joe ryan so the thing you mentioned pitchers um in the al to start with the al and the pitchers you know you got joe ryan who's doing pretty well in uh in minnesota got reed detmers who i think he had like a five or six era coming in the last night throws a no hitter it's a two strikeout no hitter so now you kind of got me at you know doing all these things in my head how much do you value this early no hitter in the rookie of the year voting and to to be honest with you I'm a little hesitant to go out there and grab some of those. You know, I've had a couple people hit me up. They're like, you know, there's still 50 to ones on Detmer. And I'm like, yeah, and they're going to probably stay at 50 to one or 40 to one because it's such a crowded field. I don't think you, uh, you really need to discount more. If you want, you want to write more business and let people bet it. I'd, I'd be happy to book it at, you know, 40 to one, 50 to one still. Um, you know, if, if you put his numbers up even after the no hitter with Joe Ryan or uh, George, was it Kirby? It's George Kirby, yeah. right? The guy who just got called up in uh, in Seattle. I'm not necessarily sure that Detmers finishes ahead of either one of those two guys in the the rookie of the year race. So when it comes to pitchers, it's really hit or miss for me. Um, I need really big numbers usually to back. Uh, a starting pitcher, Grayson Rodriguez, another guy who's coming up from Baltimore. His arrival to the majors should be eminent. Uh, 50 to 1, 66 to 1 on him. I, I think I'd rather still back Grayson Rodriguez than necessarily Detmers at the current prices. Um, but really, it's such a crowded field. You can you could name off 10 guys right now in the AL and make compelling cases for any of them being in the top three of the rookie of the year. Uh, rankings right now and then uh, Julio Rodriguez he's hitting like 333 over the last 10 15 games or so he has nine stolen bases on the season leading MLB uh, if you just extrapolate those nine stolen bases over the course of the season you know we're talking about a guy who's you know potentially going to be at a 40 50 plus stolen base clip plus home runs is that not going to win rookie of the year you know is what sort of pitching performance are any of these pitchers going to have to sustain over the entire season to compete with something like that? And then that says nothing about Jeremy Pena, who is the starting shortstop for the Astros, who's been playing pretty well. He's leading rookies with six home runs. You know, he's uh, not not a, a lot of bad things to say about him, say about Pena overall, other than he does have these slumps every once in a while. Go like 0-14 and then hit a game-winning home run. Um, that's what everyone talks about, but he's he's leading uh, he's leading the AL uh, all AL shortstops in defensive war. So it's an incredibly stacked field, and uh, you know I I'd love to be booking this this field right now because you could ride a lot of volume on a lot of different guys. That's just about, yeah. the AL, by the way. Yeah, what anything NL? You don't have to go too deep, but anything. Well, so the thing I think the NL is actually even more interesting, having said all that, because. Saya Suzuki opened as a short favorite, three to one, four to one. Really got off to a hot start, hit like four home runs. Uh, everyone was in love with him, saying his first two weeks was, you know, the best rookie, Cubs rookie since Ryan Sandberg. You know, just just really off to really good stuff. Um, now he's kind of in the dumps. He's, 
know, hitting under 200, lots of strikeouts, not walking <clears throat> to be expected. You know, guys, you know, rookies have slumps all the time, but he's still minus 110, even minus 140, minus 160 at a lot of the books. So just sort of by definition of him being overrated as a favorite, there's value on a lot of guys in the, the NL field at the moment. Uh, and you mentioned C.J. Abrams didn't really take advantage of his opportunity. So there's another early favorite that's uh, sort of dropped. There's Mackenzie Gore, who's doing some good things in uh, San Diego pitcher. But I'm not 100% sure that Mackenzie Gore has enough innings in him to uh, to make it through the season. I think he maxed out at like 101 innings in 2019, pitching for the Padres in the minors. So... Seeing him jump over 150 innings is going to be a little bit of a challenge this year, especially if they want him to contribute down the stretch or in the playoffs. So they're going to have to do some things, go to a six-man rotation or whatever to uh, stretch out his innings. And uh, that all said, I think the most likely NL Rookie of the Year candidates are guys who either just got called up or who haven't been called up yet and whose call-ups call are eminent. Uh Ryan Pepio being one of them. He was 100 to 1. He got called up. Dodgers starting pitcher. He's in the rotation. Shouldn't be 100 to 1. Max Meyer. I've talked about him a lot. He was catching big numbers. Um, he's been bet all the way down to like 10 to 1 at the Superbook in Vegas. They finally just, you know, dropped him enough to say, we don't want to write more bets on this guy. Um, his call up is any day now. I was sort of expecting that they might call him up to start on Saturday, but I haven't heard anything about it this uh, this week, so I'm I'm worried that the 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 Marlins are going to keep playing service time manipulation games a little a little longer and delay his his first start. It's it's really starting to annoy me a little bit. Um, and then there's Nolan Gorman leading AAA in home runs for the Cardinals. He's a guy who can come up and make some noise. I'm worried he's a high strikeout guy, though, so uh, no guarantee he comes up and lights the world on fire. But the uh, the NL race, I think there's a lot of guys who have not made their uh, their first start in the majors yet that are still very live to win, especially with the guys at the top of this field potentially not running away with anything. Uh, before we get you out of here, Cy Young, anything either market? I know Cole hit like 10 to 1 after three or four bad starts to me. Uh, that was a little bit of an overreaction. Who knows if he's going to win it? Um, look, it's tough because all these pitchers have just unbelievable stats. So you, you spoke about a crowded field in some of these other races. I would expect these Cy Young races, even these all star teams to be, look, it's going to be hard to make the all star team. And even a guy like Cortez who's pitched well. I mean, there's just so many good pitchers here uh, with good stats. Anything jump out you either league in terms of Cy Young? In the, the NL, I actually wrote about the NL yesterday for Visa, and the article just went up. I, I took a look at most of the contenders, and the list was actually so long, I ended up cutting three or four guys off at the bottom, like Merrill Kelly. He's having an incredible season. Probably not going to win Cy Young. Probably not going to get a lot of consideration, but his numbers, if you run them through the, the Tom, Tango, Tom Tango Cy Young model, his numbers are just as good as Pablo Lopez, who is according to this model, the current winner, or I guess Carlos Rodon might be the current winner after his, his last start. Um, but the margins are so thin when we're talking about 40 innings that, you know, you look at the top guys, uh, Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, Carlos Rodon, Pablo Lopez, you know, the, those four guys, 
then you look at a Merrill Kelly, who's actually the the leader in WAR for pitching. Um, you look at a Max Freed, who has like a 32 to two strikeout to walk rate. Uh, Kershaw's got a 35 to three strikeout to walk right now. Um, you know, it's just the margins are so so thin. Joe Musgrove, you know, doing really good things in San Diego. You uh, you can really make arguments for ten different guys to to be in the top three in the NL. So gonna need another forty innings or so to narrow this list down a little bit. And if the ball stays the way it is, I think think we're gonna have some hard choices to make. Although uh, these races do tend to uh, you know kind of fix themselves and. Uh, th- th- these guys will, you know, it'll it'll get easier as the the season goes on. In the in the AL, I'm I'm working on an article today going through the favorites, and it's it's just as complicated because you got Justin Verlander up at the top. Um, he's very deserving of a, a Cy Young, a Cy Young consideration. You have Garrett Cole's rebounded from his his early poor start, and you got Shohei Otani who's pitching today, and Shohei Otani's you know going to have close to 200 strikeouts what how do you uh how do you reconcile otani's pitching performance compared to a justin verlander or you know a logan gilbert or alec uh, manoa uh so many kevin gosman also a contender there's just so many guys at the moment who are top tier contenders in both leagues um you you can go so many different ways with the arguments and i tell you you're you're not wrong so Really, we just need we need more time to uh, kind of narrow these things down a little bit. Yeah, we got. I think it's McClanahan versus Otani tonight. Which yeah, be, I love. Uh, that. I have both of those guys for Cy Young, two of my favorite pitchers. So yeah, that's very very into that game tonight. I bet on the Me Angels. Too. By the way, you got the Angels. Yeah. Anything else for tonight? Oh, let me get oh, one more Cy Young. What what price would I have to give you to bet Nestor Cortez, who's become a fan favorite for the Yankees? He's I think he's more than a fluke now. I mean, it, at once it was just a good story. He's fun. You know, he's different. Uh, he kind of looks legit. I mean, I don't know. You can call him an ace, but he's been really good for uh, a decent sample size. Now, what number would you need on Cortez? 50 plus, 50, 60, 70. The reason being, when it comes to Cy Young betting and voting, you have to be the best pitcher on your own team to win this award. And if you're not the best pitcher on your own team, you know, that's the end of the conversation. So he's going to have to beat Garrett Cole. And that's highly unlikely. It's it's highly unlikely that his numbers are better than Cole, and it's highly unlikely that, given they they end up with similar numbers, that the voters decide to reward a guy they're <clears throat> less familiar with over a perennial frontrunner. So, I wouldn't run out to bet on him. I think there's better bets out there. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I like long shots. So, if you find a big number and he's your guy, you got to take it. Uh, before we get out of here, anything tonight? You mentioned the Angels. Anything else? We'll give the uh, the listeners a reward for listening early. We'll give them some plays for tonight. What do you like tonight other than the Angels? That's all I got today. All right. I got, I got the Angels tonight. I'm, I'm watching the Dodgers now because I want to see uh, Pepio pitch. And, uh, yeah, I think. How's he, how's he look? He looks fine. I mean, let's see. Through three innings, uh, one hit, five walks, three strikeouts, 77 pitches. So uh, the walks are not great, obviously. Um, 77 pitches. I'm guessing he's going to be done at three innings. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a fourth. But you know, some stuff to to work on. Looks like he had some issues with pitching location. If he had five walks, but you know, one hit, three strikeouts. Your first uh, 
first major league action, get out of there with a 0.0 ERA, you know, he'll get another start most likely. All right, Jason, appreciate it. Wide World of Weingarten Podcast. What are we doing, four days a week now, five days a week? Yeah, four, four days during the week, and then I usually do it on the weekend. I think Tuesday is usually my, my off day at the moment. Um, but, yeah, they come out pretty much just about every day. And if I'm not on, if, I, if I'm not doing a podcast, it's usually because I'm on Gil's show or your show or, you know, some, somebody else's show. And you get a lot of get a lot of exposure to me with VEASAN, so... If you haven't listened to Jason's podcast, can't recommend it enough. It is the wide world of Weingarten podcast, vcin.com slash podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. So, Jason, this was fun. We haven't done it in a little while, so it was good to catch up. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Jason Weingarten. We'll be back tomorrow. Jeff Parles of A Numbers Game will be on. We'll talk some baseball. We'll talk some football as the schedule starts to come out basketball we'll talk a little bit of everything see you guys tomorrow this is the new york city cast presented by bet river sportsbook